Welcome back to episode seven of Room Three Hundred Three. I'm your host Jermaine Cologne Mendez, and this is yeah, dude. This is this is bullshit, Doug. Every time you start, I want to start. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna take a conversation we just had and pull it into the pod. You just told me before I kick this off that I can't start. The people want me to start. Dude, we tried the very first episode and you couldn't handle it. The <laughs> that pre- one, that's that's the part of the unreleased mounted. tapes. The pressure mounted and you crumbled. You that's faltered. Part of, that's part of the unreleased tapes. And I came in like a Greek god named Atlas and put you on my back and carried you to the finish line. There's like, no way. There's like no broken, way. Like broken leg Greg Jennings? Yeah. Like, put the like, team on his back, do Like Bruce Jenner. Like Bruce, Bruce Jenner surviving being oh, no. seed to, to win a... Oh, no. Don't Kate, dead name. Caitlyn didn't win that. I'm Don't sorry. Don't dead name. It doesn't say Caitlyn Jenner. We're not allowed to do that. You can't dead name people. I'm not. Bruce Jenner's dead. We're posting this. We're posting... You're dead naming. I don't even know what that is. Neither Bruce, do I, but it, you can't do it. That's a microaggression. Caitlin's still alive. I'm not slandering Caitlin. I'm just saying in the history books, like the gold is a gold medal. Gold yeah, medal gold medal winner is Bruce Jenner. R.I.P. Bruce Jenner. Caitlin Jenner's still thriving. Quit dead name. Prosperous. Bro. And she won like Time Magazine Woman of the Year or some shenanigans, dog. Like she's she's doing pretty all right for herself. Shout out nope. Caitlin. Shout out Caitlin. That would have put that would have pissed me off as a woman. If like a newly created woman, one woman of the year, like imagine if you'd been striving for like 20 years, like you just made some like revolutionary thing in science and you're like, this is the fucking year. And you're like, and all of a sudden, Caitlyn Jenner does what she does and boom, she's time woman of the year. And just be like, God, I worked 40 years on this. That, that, does that kind of set the feminist movement back though? I'm not going to talk. I'm not. I don't think that I have any opinion whatsoever. I I got to put like a robot recording on. Nick Morahan has no opinion on this topic whatsoever and abstains absolutely. Any thoughts or actions from this point forward are purely based on Jermaine Colin Mendez. Like I'm not I'm not knocking in it. If it made her her happy to have the gender swap, good for her. You, but I'm you just, pause on the her? <laughs> because I almost said the wrong pronoun, dog. I almost said the wrong pronoun. I'm like super hyper aware when you're talking about that. Like, <laughs> Don't say the wrong pronoun. It's like years of practicing English or writing all those papers out the window, dog. Try not to that's, offend anybody. That's why I call everybody dog, regardless <laughs> yeah. of guy or girl. It doesn't offend everybody. What up, homie? <laughs> what up, homie? <laughs> That's why Hami, Chach, and Skloogity Bop are all gender neutral, dog. That's right. Yeah. That dude. <laughs> that dude can be applied to everybody. All right. So we got a little housekeeping this week. Not much for uh, oh, Jesus. Not much for Nick talks out of his ass except for one blatant error from episode six. Uh, we led you guys with a trivia question and then just cliffhanged you. <laughs> Like an episode of Lost. We said you don't get the answer. Tune in next week for episode seven. So we're just going to front load you guys with the answer. Go ahead and give it to him, Nick. Yeah. So this is actually uh, this is actually the second time we've done this. Uh, <laughs> it's It led to a Room 303 created stat. Jermaine, are you ready for it? A created stat. 
We Ooh, now I, have a fif- we now have a fifty percent blow rate at uh, at trivia. So so we're not doing too good. That's right. Anytime you use blow rate, remember it's a room three hundred three created stat. Start start trying it out in your life right now. Oh, you missed the trash can. How many times did you shoot that paper ball at the trash can? Oh well, if you missed nine times out of ten, that's a ninety percent blow rate. And you can thank your friends here at three hundred three for that. But like Jermaine says, we did miss the question last what, week. What's the, what's up? Uh, what's Cole's blow rate on Cole's sports, blow rate? On, on sports he, betting. Cole's blow rate is he is a Hall of Famer. I'll tell you what. <laughs> you like we we like to talk about baseball like black ink, gray ink, Jaws, like how he compares. Cole is the Cole is the clubhouse leader. <laughs> blow rate. He is I I dare say I don't like now I'm a, I'm a stats man. I'm sure that by this point by you know seven episodes in the podcast people will realize that I'm the guy that just spits stats that nobody wants to hear. Actually, Cole, I think all your words nobody wants to hear. Oh, yeah, definitely for sure. Um, <laughs> I think Cole. I don't want to say he's a hundred percent, but he's in, the, he's in the 99th percentile. So for the blow rate Hall of Fame, Cole almost got unanimously elected on so, first ballot. So you know Cal Ripken's uh, consecutive games record. <laughs> Dude, untouchable record. one of the most untouchable one of the one of the the what people regard as the most untouchable record in sports history cole has the untouchable blow rate like we're we're, we're all just we're all sheep we're all sheep in a get in a field and he's <laughs> and he's the sheepdog 2632 games yeah consecutively <laughs> dog that's no like are you kidding me yeah, I would have gotten tired at like 12 months. I'd be like, I just need a day off, dog. Not, dude. <laughs> 2,600, over 2,600 consecutively. When he took that that last game off, I bet he was just like, he just did this. He just sat down on the bench and he goes, we got benches? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, did they redo these benches? No, they've Yo, always been here? This dugout's different, right? This is this dugout is different. Are we in the visitors' dugout? Sunflower seeds. <laughs> we had sunflower seeds this whole time. You get water during the game. <laughs> so anyway, shout out Cole oh, for this uh, Hall of Fame Cole blow rate <laughs> for his untouchable blow rate. It'll uh, go down. It'll go down in history. But anyway, back to the trivia question. So last week we asked, uh, we asked the audience to give us who was the first African American to win MVP in every three major sports, every one of the three major sports being baseball, football, basketball. And then I asked you a bonus question. Who was the first black NHL player? The first person to win MVP in the major leagues was obviously Jackie Robinson. He won it in 1949. Very famous, broke the color barrier in baseball. Very famous. The NFL was next. The NFL was next. The NFL's first black uh, MVP was Jim Brown in 1957. Jim Brown, 1957. Man, these were so obvious. Yeah, yeah they're pretty obvious. The NBA, their first MVP was Jermaine. Their first black MVP was. I mean, if we're going down this road, I'm going to go Bill Russell. Bill Russell, 1957 to 1958. So within the span of eight years, we had the MVP barrier of color broken by three players. And then our final question who was the first black NHL player? It was a guy who played as a winger for the Boston Bruins in 1958 named Willie O'Ree. 
So Willie O'Ree was the first black NHL player. He wasn't African-American. He was Canadian. So he was, what do they call it? African-Canadian? Afro-Canadian, <laughs> yeah. I think we discussed this last time and we couldn't settle on a good term. And it's probably pretty offensive, but I'm going with Afro-Canadian. Or you just shorten both and go Afro-Nadian. Afghan. <laughs> Afghan. <laughs> he was an African. <laughs> Afghan sounds like a dance, though. F- yeah, do the F can. <laughs> like a can can. <laughs> F can. Can you do the F can? <laughs> so that was our trivia question for last week. We apologize because we didn't give it to you at the end of the show. Now, but we created low rates, so we don't apologize. But now we created a stat, but it led us to creating the stat of blow rate. Shout out Cole for the greatest uh, single season. Not only does he have the highest career blow rate, but I think this last gambling year, he had the highest single season blow rate uh, that we've ever seen his his blow rate above replacement oh it's astronomical it's untouchable right now mike trout looks up at the mountain that is that is uh cole how many videos did we see of cole like damn near flipping his television because he did have some bad beats and i will give him that i mean in this world you're gonna have bad beats but how many times did we see him throwing stuff, like <laughs> punching the air, like just losing his cool? Though. So every TV video that was sent in the group that was someone smashing a TV, I honestly had to take a look and make sure it wasn't Cole. Because <laughs> at some point, that man must have incredible self-control. Because if I was on the losing streak that he was on, I would have thrown a TV out the window. You got to do something to change it up, right? You got to throw yeah. a TV out the window, throw a remote through the TV. Drive your car through your <laughs> drive your car over the TV. That would be a classic move. <laughs> drive it through your porch, through your oh. green door, up the, up the up the stairs. <laughs> All right. So this week's trivia is so this, so this week's trivia in honor of the MLB draft, which happened yesterday. Shout out ASU, forks Shout up. out ASU. Getting the first draft pick, you know that that kid. What what the what the heck is that? Kid? I probably should know that kid's name. What is that? Kid's Let name? me get it for you. Keep going. Okay. So the kid. So the the name. The kid's name that you'll provide and that Jermaine will provide in a second. ASU grad hit twenty four home runs as a freshman at ASU. It broke the ASU record. This is not the trivia question, by the way, but it broke the ASU record by who? Jermaine, who hit the most home runs before this kid at ASU? Oh, easy. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. Do you know how many he hit his freshman year? He only hit 11. This kid hit 24 his freshman year. Barry Bonds only hit 11? That's actually... His freshman year. Oh, okay. His freshman year. That's still shocking, though. His name name was Spencer Torkelson. What a dorky name. (laughs) 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 Guy just got paid to play baseball. <laughs> probably has a probably has a fucking cannon arm and a power bat, and his name is and Jermaine just instantly bombs the man for his last name. Spencer Torkelson. He's, oh. going, he's going to Detroit with the name Torkelson. <laughs> that's that's some like, fly, like that's some like 1950s name. That's welcome back. Welcome back to Abbott Field. That's where they make American automobiles, and you're going to have a last name. Maris on second, the winning run, Johnson on third, and the new rookie, Torkelson, is at the plate. (laughs) Let's see what young Spencey can do. 
<laughs> I swear, swear to God, what an awful name. All right, so <laughs> we keep sidetracking the truth. I think this was, yeah, Jermaine and I, before we were talking with this episode, we're like, oh, this is, is going to be a fast episode. And and 10 minutes in, we haven't even gotten our, to our trivia question. So our trivia question for this week, in honor of the MOB draft and old Spency Torkelson, what percentage of players who get drafted and sign, that's a big part of it, drafted and sign, make it to the majors? A bonus question on top of that, how many have a career wins above replacement of over 0.1? Career wins above replacement over 0.1. By the way, this is from 1981 when the MLB draft started until 2010 because we can't count uh, 2011 uh, to 2019 because those years have not been decided yet. Those players have not had an opportunity to reach the, the majors because it takes a long time to reach the majors. So I'm probably thinking what? It's probably not good. One in nine. So, so I'll give you, I'll give you this analogy, right? So you have a hundred thousand players that play high school baseball, right? Out of those hundred thousand players, 10,000 of them go to college, any sort of college, Juco, division three, division two, division one, all of them go to some sort of college out of those 10,000 players, 1000 gets drafted, right? gets drafted into the major leagues of those 1000 players 100 of them make it above double a or to double a or above right so so high a ball it's considered the break point on whether you're going to go to the majors or not. When you're in double A, it's considered that the ma- that that major league team is actively considering you for a spot on the team. That's when you get named right. a 40 man roster, everything like that. A hundred people make it to double A or above. Ten people make it to triple A. Out of those hundred thousand high school baseball players, one makes. Oh, sorry, sorry. Out of those hundred thousand. A hundred make it to AAA, and out of those hundred, ten make it to the majors. Of those ten, one becomes an all-star and has an MOB career greater than five years. That's a that's a lot of powers of ten you just did there. Hashtag yeah. quick maths. Quick two plus two is four. Quick maths. Damn, that's a <laughs> baseball is I mean, that's probably not very good for football or basketball either, but that's a that was pretty in, pretty in depth. I think we're just going to let the trivia question breathe and move on to the next portion. Yeah. What do you got for us? So, normally you do thoughts from the stoop, but I hijacked it this week because of all the talk that's been going around, there's been a couple of NFL players that have come out and said, uh, I think most notably Carlos Hyde is the guy that came out and said if the NFL wants to show that they're making a significant step towards Black Lives Matter and supporting this movement, they need to re-sign Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, and Spike, I Lee said, came, Spike Lee just came out and said that today. So my thoughts from the stoop is looking purely at where Colin Kaepernick is right now. Let's take all the stuff out of it. Let's say you are GM 
JC Mendez, and you have to pick, you have the choice of picking Colin Kaepernick, but you don't know anything. You just came out of a bubble and you're looking at quarterbacks to add to your football team. And you have Colin Kaepernick, who is a 32-year-old running quarterback. Remember, he was never that good of a thrower. He was a very good RPO-type guy who has not played in the NFL in six years. And when he played, had a somewhat uh, unorthodox throwing motion. Right, And we've seen quarterbacks with unorthodox throwing motions. They don't get better over time. And yeah, I, I he and mean, and he was not known for avoiding hits. I mean, so every, my, every, my all right. Go ahead. My question is: Is it too late to sign Colin Kaepernick? Zero percent. No, it's not. It's not too late. No, you kidding me? Nick Foles keeps falling up into more money. <laughs> AJ McCarron's still in the league. Jeff Driscoll, Blaine Gabbert, Matt Moore was coaxed out of teaching and scouting to lead the Chiefs on a like four and two run while I probably wasn't that much. But isn't Vinny like, Testaverde still floating around the league? Talk, Jeff Garcia's talking about a comeback. <laughs> He's just like Tom Brady and Drew Brees are 40 something. I'm about to star in this league, dog. Oh, like, shout out, dude. That's a pod, that's a podcast favorite quarterback, by the way, Jeff Garcia. Jeff Garcia, shout out him and him and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, yeah. love us some some fit, fitty magic, bro. And Colin Kaepernick was in the gosh darn Super Bowl, and if it wasn't an act of God and the and the uh, Superdome lost power, Colin Kaepernick was probably winning that Super Bowl. Probably. So yeah, are you kidding me? Like. Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky are battling out for a spot right now. Yes. Yes, I want. <laughs> yes, I want Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> like, no way. Am I I just I don't know, man. I there 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 comes a certain stigma with hiring I don't know. This this, this is if 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 I if I had a choice. I, I am always for hiring someone who makes your first string court. Like, I don't understand the argument for Colin Kaepernick saying, oh, we couldn't, we couldn't uh, sign him because we already had such an, we had a QB one. I'm always for signing a player who at the very least pushes your quarterback, be it older like let's let's say you you sign a guy who's been struggling over the over the last couple of years a philip rivers uh a matt ryan uh who else um matt ryan all last year dude a, a matt stafford but i mean guys that are getting up there in age and maybe are kind of are are they, they, they don't have beat out they could be beat out not beat out, but I'm saying you sign Colin Kaepernick. He brings in this whole wave of just like fresh new energy. That's going to motivate either. It's going to motivate your quarterback or he's going to tell you that he's not the leader your team needs. And at very least you get a serviceable backup if he gets injured. Not only that, like as a general manager, you're in the business of putting asses in the seats. Competitive football teams do that, but the polarizing individual that is Colin Kaepernick would absolutely uh, 
lead to a plethora of ticket sales. The media won't stop talking about your team. I mean, all he has to do is get into a game and throw one pass, and that pass will be talked about for four days on a 24-hour, seven seven days a week news cycle. So, And you can do that without much cost, and he doesn't even have to actually play for you, and you could still generate revenue for your team. And revenue leads to better facilities and and better human performance staff and better (laughs) just overall better you know so So, i just i I just in my head i'm doing a quick run through of teams in the league and i know i haven't prompted you with this but who do you think would be the team that could sign colin kaepernick and obviously if you sign him and he doesn't play that kind of wastes some of the media attention right but if you sign him and he plays like that, your team now has a sizable marketing boost. So I don't I think, think he plays right away. Well, I mean, but that's why I'm thinking off the top of my head. What, like, obviously the big market teams don't need some of that signing, but think of like a small market team, like a De- like if the Denver Broncos signed Colin Kaepernick. I so first of all, let's figure out who his offensive coordinator was. Uh, Ooh, that's an that's an interesting question. Because if we figure that out, then we know somebody who's worked with him. Okay, keep talking. I'll look it up. Um, other than that, like I have, I have the great number one option right now, right? Yeah. Minnesota. You think so? I mean, if there's a city that needs that galvanizing push, yeah you know, the epicenter of essentially the last two and a half weeks. That was my first thought off the head, but that was more of the PR revenue standpoint. I don't think Kirk Cousins should, you know, Kirk Cousins should play this year. Kirk Cousins, he gets a bad name. Who is his offense coordinator? Greg Roman? Greg Roman? Yes. Greg Roman? Dude. Oh, Baltimore was my second choice, dog. Dude. Dude, I wanted to say Greg Roman, but I know that – I didn't want to end up in uh, Nick talks out of his ass. Greg Roman, the quarterback whisperer. Dog. <laughs> Bro, that was my second choice because Baltimore, I mean, historically, Baltimore has been uh, largely penalized and subjugated uh, black community with, you know, in terms of the relationship with police. So that'd be another. Yeah. And he fits that system. I mean, you went through this whole, like, thing to sway me to not sign him and I'm like no way dude if I had a if it's Blaine Gabber or Colin Kaepernick I'm taking I'm well taking I was just Colin I was Kaepernick. just stating the facts I I also I'm on the same boat with you I think that a team should sign him not just for the me I'm, I'm talking in a bubble he brings in this a fire and a competitiveness that either makes your starting quarterback better or he replaces your starting quarterback <laughs> I mean yeah he made out Ale- he was the first person to make Alex Smith expendable I mean, uh, uh, okay. All right. All right. No, 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 himself expendable. No, Alex, <laughs> the Niners made Alex Smith expendable. Alex Smith, when he got injured, had a 73% completion percentage and got that team on the run that Colin Kaepernick then took over and, and went to the playoffs with Alex Smith was doing just fine. And then. Uh, what's his name? Harbaugh went with the hot hand. 
and got to the Super No, dude. Alex Smith wasn't getting that team. Alex Smith got done dirty. Alex Smith was not getting that team to the Super Bowl. Just like in Kansas City, Alex Smith was not getting that team to the Super Bowl. And they traded him and then won the Super Bowl. Alex Smith is our generation's Jeff Garcia, and I won't hear another word about it. Always, always shit on, always underrated, just helps a team out. Everybody likes to sh- He's the new fucking Kirk Cousins. Everyone likes to say, Alex Smith couldn't do this. Alex Smith did. Alex Smith was a, was a member of We've very freaking Alex Smith for a decade. I don't want to hear it. Where nope. were you a decade ago? Alex Smith. Was I was calm. there. I'm sorry. I didn't have a podcast. I'm sorry. I didn't have a podcast. I didn't have a podcast. Before Aaron Rodgers, and that's a sham. And Alex Smith will never live up to what he was. And I a like good, Alex. And I like a Alex. good quarterback. He was. He, he'll never live up to being a good quarterback. He's, he's the poor man, Sam Bradford. Oh, you take <laughs> that back. That's that's heresy. I can't believe those words just came out of your mouth. At, Sam Bradford is the poor man, Sam Bradford. <laughs> Sam Bradford belongs in his own category of of never of never was and never should have been. Rich man, poor man, Sam Bradford. That talk about getting paid as a quarterback, dude. No, the you can't beat the all time pay. You can't beat the all time getting paid, and that is Matt Flynn. One oh, game, oh, four hundred yards, got a boatload of money. For oh, this here's game. a here's a question for you: Is is Jordan Love more Matt Flynn potential or more Aaron Rodgers potential? So I you, I'm a student of history. And I love the fact all the parallels that come from Green Bay drafting uh, Jordan Love like they drafted Aaron Rodgers to replace Brett Favre. They traded up. That's the other thing. They traded up to draft Jordan Love. There's a lot of hype around Jordan Love that if he can learn behind Aaron Rodgers for a couple years on how to and how to like basically he does everything right except for stupid throws. He makes a lot of stupid bad decisions. I think I think that's what we say about Jameis Winston. So you're saying until, so until Jameis Winston takes over the Saints, <laughs> I'm all Jam- for it. Jameis Winston's good. Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston had a broken thumb last year and couldn't see. He was literally squinting down the field and looking at shapes. He's throwing with all fingers. <laughs> he was like, he was like, what, coach? Hey, oh, coach, we're wearing. Oh, coach, we're wearing white today. Oh, that's my bad. Answer the question, though. What's the question? Is, is Alex Smith Love, one of the most underrated Jordan, quarterbacks of all time? Yes, thank you. No, I'm glad you're not. on my side. No, he's not. Is Jordan not. Love? Alex Jordan Smith Love. wasn't even that dope in a in a pass friendly league. Missed Alex Smith, 193 touchdowns to 101 interceptions, 34,000 passing yards with a 62 percent completion percentage, 87 passer rating. Come on, dog. He's he's not that good, bro. Come on, dog. He's not that good. I dog. don't care. Three Pro Bowls. Ah, Pro Bowls don't matter. Pro Bowls are zero. <laughs> yeah. Do just... you, you want to hear a rant? Give me talk about the goddamn no, Pro Bowls. No. All right. Answer the question. Jordan Love, is he closer to Matt Flynn or Aaron Rodgers? What do you Aaron think? Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers. You think I, Aaron Rodgers. Because here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers has two to three years left in Green Bay. This is what I think. I think he has two to three years left in Green Bay. You That's enough. Set, set follow-up question. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Do you think he ends up a Viking also? That would be hilarious. I would love it. The I would best, love, there's, the there's best no, quarterback in 
Viking yes. history is a yes. Packer, dog. And well, then the wanna... second best quarterback in Viking history is a Packer. Let's do it, dog. I need I to it. see it, dog. I love it. I love the pettiness of like, I want him also to come out and be like, I'm retiring. Like, I love this sport. Do the tearful <laughs> thing. Get put on a cover of Madden and then be like, come out like a week later and be like, psych, I'm going to Minnesota, <laughs> bitches. Gotcho. Gotcha, bitch ass. <laughs> Uh, no, I think he becomes an Aaron Rodgers. He learns behind Aaron Rodgers for two to three years. He gets his his mentals. He he counts his mentals. He counts his chickens. Um, uh, <laughs> uh And he gets and he cuts down on that bad decision making that we saw from college. And I think he develops into a guy who we've seen has four tools right now and just needs kind of the mental aspect of his game. And you don't even like we, we saw it from Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron Rodgers wasn't that highly high. Wasn't that highly like there's a reason at, he fell you know what i mean like, coming out of college was, right first round but there was a reason why. but even sitting like uh, there was a very there was a notoriously cold relationship between Favre and and rogers Favre even said i'm not training him to be my replacement i'm training like i'm viewing it as a guy that's coming to take my job and i'm not giving him any respect and but, i respect that position as well for sure but even just like being in the same quarterback room and seeing how brett like brett Favre isn't sitting there shielding his notes like a test taker he's probably he's probably a very open leader on the packers was an open leader on the packers i haven't heard anything to the contrary he's obviously probably taking notes in the qb room talking about plays in the qb room hey when the safety shifts over there i would do this and aaron rodgers is just sitting back like a sponge taking everything in if jordan love sits back and takes that stuff in and uh, to be honest he shouldn't expect to play so all there's no pressure on him like we talked about when we did our draft special rookies that don't need to come in off the jump and play get to sit back get to mature i mean think about yourself when you were 22 were you ready to be doing what you're doing right now no i'd rather not (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Like, were you ready to be doing what you're doing now? Uh, a home, like, if you had to buy a house at 22, you would have bought the dumb. You would have looked back and been like, "This is the dumbest house I ever had to buy." I bought a but house if, at 23. Was it, was it a dumb house? It's gone now, isn't it? You don't have it anymore. Eight years later, but still. <laughs> All right, maybe it's not a good fucking analogy. Sue me. <laughs> All right, Jordan Love j- verdicts out. This podcast thinks he's closer to Aaron Rodgers than Matt. Yes, yeah. Bre- breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> yeah. So combat sports has been a, a litty with news. Yes. So just to make losers of us, right? Uh, I think the day after we recorded last week's podcast, and we were like, "Well, no- nothing's come out of- about Fight Island. We just know it's going to be on an island." The UFC was like, "Oh yeah, yeah psych." And yes. I think on I think on Sunday they were like, "Here's everything you need to know about Fight Island." So I'm we sure were, the people the people listening to the podcast on like Monday were like, "What a bunch of idiots!" We were uh, we were doing our uh, off screen talks that we usually do before we as prep work, and we were like, "It's probably just gonna be some Saudi Prince's Island, dude." That's <laughs> I, I called it from the beginning. I said, "Why doesn't the UFC just go and buy some freaking uh, Saudi oil money island?" And Jermaine, they just about did that. Well, you know, Abu Dhabi, Saudi, Saudi, but different. Saudi, Saudi, but different. So the so for all of you who don't know, the fight is going to be on Yas Island in uh the uae uh it's gonna be it's gonna take place over four dates 
four Not dates much. just in July. But four dates. Four dates in July, like four cards. Okay, and then it's going to go into August or what? Yeah, they're still going to use Fight Island. They this didn't, is going to be like a reoccurring thing. They Here's didn't the buy thing. an island to not use it. Here's what they should do, right? I, I know they're not doing this, but they should have a month of like Fight Island, break it in, right? And like get people real excited for it. And then if you lose a championship bout, you have to go to Fight Island and you have to fight to come back to the mainland. Make it like a UFC. Like, like, a like UFC. Stone Cold Steve Austin. To condemn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like, you got to condemn them to Fight Island and they have to fight like up and comers. What's the title of the of that book? Most Dangerous Game where the dude brings people to his island to hunt them? Is that is that what it's called? I, th- I think it's called Most Dangerous Game. Most Dangerous Game. Ooh, and they film it, dog? Yeah. All right, let's do it. I'm in. Yeah. So, so UFC, you do your thing, but since you guys obviously listen to this podcast, since you let us get out all of our information and then change it instantly, you guys need to do the fights on fight Island to get a chance at the championship. So I'm, like, with, I'm with it, dude. I think they should do build a, like build up a community and stuff on the Island and bring all the ultimate fighters there and oh. do ultimate fighter on the Island. And ultimate like, fighter Island. And Ultimate Fighter Island, yes, that's what I'm saying. And then you bring in like some some Navy SEAL, like retired Navy SEAL, to make them do boat drills as teams together, dog. Like, and then you combine in like road rules and like and uh, make it a blend. And then, oh, yeah, you, dude, and then you ratings bonanza. You gotta have you got it. One of them is a cage match where only where only one dude, like the one dude standing at the end, is the dude that gets to walk out. And then you have to have you have to have Jackie Moon as the promoter, <laughs> and they have to fight a grizzly bear. <laughs> All right, bro, we gotta move on. That's we're I was we're talking. We're like, yeah, Fighter Island, and one of them can fight an anaconda <laughs> while climbing a coconut tree with a spiked baseball bat. Oh man, <laughs> I think we I think we got derailed on that. You and, I, you and I, you and I, have you and I both watched too much '90s WWE. I think we just described '90s WWE like Rage Cage. Two rings, one cell over <laughs> the top, enclosing both rings. No, <laughs> eighteen fighters, nine rings, like poker tables, <laughs> like poker tables at the main event. And when you when you fight and win, aerial, you advance. Aerial cameras, dude. Aerial cameras. That's how you see the fights. Aerial cameras, and it's just and when you fight, from ring to and ring. when you fight, you it's one round bouts. Whoever wins advances, and then they they go to four, and then whoever wins that they advance, and they go to two, and then by the end of it, it's going to be the worst fight we've ever seen because they've done five fights in a row, and they're so <laughs> tired. Second second show idea called Run the Gambit. And the announcers, are, <laughs> announcers are killer. The fans, Mike. the fans get UFC gloves and get to punch them as they're coming out. No, no, the, here it is. Killer <laughs> okay. Mike and ELP are the announcers. <laughs> run the gambit, announced by Run the Jewels. And what you do is, it's a five round main event fight, but it's oh. five different fighters each round, and you only advance to the next fighter if you win that round. So you have to win all five rounds. But if you if you run the gambit, you get a title shot. UFC, I know you listen to this podcast. Dana, 
I'm talking to you, man. You have a chance to make Fight Island. Do your thing. Make your money in Fight Island, but then you got to make it great. Uh, totally off-topic question for you. Is Run the Jewels, is the four albums in Run the Jewels the greatest hip-hop album series in history? The greatest album run in history? Mull that over. I'm going to ask you that next week. What do you what do you mean album series? Like has that so like, the same title and it's just Yeah, like, so like so like uh like Little Wayne's like Carter. Uh like uh I, could you consider Dre's Chronic? You could probably consider the Chronic. Yeah, probably. Like it might be it might be Run the Jewels, dog. Dude, I listened to Run the Jewels 4 and it made oh. me download 3 2 and 1. Oh, fire. <laughs> First of all, yeah. you should have been had those downloaded. So I should have, but I didn't make on you, dog. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> let's touch on this combat sports now that yeah. we Yo, for a show with no topics, we easily get derailed. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. We need topics to keep us in line. But t- but talk the people through uh, what, what fights we're getting. So we'll talk about July 11th, UFC 251. So I believe, if you'll do a quick little googly box search for me, that... Uh, International Fight Week is usually that week in July. Maybe it's the first week of July, but so July 11th, we're having three title fights, and the overall card is stacked as well. Like, I'll have to pull up that as well. But we've got Usman versus Burns for the welterweight title, which is the 170 weight class. And then you have um, Volkanovski versus Holloway, too, for the. Uh, uh, it was supposed to be July seventh through the twelfth this year, right? And so July eleventh falls right in it. So, so July, the first week of July is usually UFC's like big, big time card. This is the one that they like kind of spotlight on. It's pretty fitting since it's you know hitting people in the face. America, Independence Day, you know, July fireworks, you know. Rah. But anyways, Volkanovski versus Holloway two. Volkanovski. When I watched that bout, I was talking with my buddy Manny. Shout out Manny. I Volkanovski pretty much took it to Holloway that that fight, and so they're they're it's an instant rematch. And Volkanovski's already come out and said that he feels disrespected. So that should be an interesting fight. And then he, the, he, the was, va- he was definitely disrespected in the first fight. I remember going into it thinking that Holloway was going to wipe the floor with him because I don't watch that much UFC, so I obviously f- just follow the main news on it. And it was expected that Holloway was going to walk in, mop the floor with him, and walk out. Yeah, and Volk and Volkanovski like was going against Holloway, who's been on a pretty freaking epic, epic run in that weight class. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not super surprised. But now that he's champ, I am pretty surprised. With like, everyone's already pretty much given it to Holloway. And I'm like, uh, I, I, I don't, don't know. know about that. You, so, you made this mistake the first time. Yeah, exactly. It was like, how 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 are we going to keep doing it? But, you know, sometimes we never learn from our mistakes. And then we have the Bantamweight title, which is the vac- vacated title that Cejudo dropped before he defended successfully against Dominic Cruz. And then, and then uh, you know, now it's, it's vacated. So it's yeah. Jan versus Aldo at 135 and then the other two that round out the main event on just this absolute you're not going to want to miss a single fight which is awesome is you got Andrade versus Nama Yunus two mm-hmm. and then you have Rebus versus Van Zandt 
and those are uh, straw weight and fly weight, respectively. So those 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 girls are going to absolutely get it. We've got some real some real con- contenders for fire of the night just on the main card. I haven't, I haven't even looked at the prelims. It's going to be pretty stacked. Yeah, and also also in in so we we also had not only the fight island news, which is going to be awesome. Those those four announced fight days, fight nights, I guess, are going to be some of the best fights we've seen. But we also had some pretty big uh, news in the fighting world, right? You talking about the boxing match? No, no, no. I, I, yeah, I mean, we can get to that right now. But I was talking about Conor McGregor announces retirement for the second time, right? Uh, I think it's 57th, man. 57th time? Yeah. <laughs> Conor McGregor fights and then retires every time. Uh, he, I, I don't think he's a guy, just to touch on it briefly, I don't think he's a guy that the UFC can afford to lose. I think no. he's a guy that the UFC, that he's just hold, he's doing a he's doing a holdout. He's doing a running back holdout. <laughs> and I uh, think I, I think it doesn't more have meaning on that, anymore. More on that later. I don't think it has meaning anymore because everybody knows it, every he says it and everybody goes, yeah, right, 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 right. Like you're you're going to come back and this is just a publicity stunt. I don't buy it anymore. Yeah, he's doing the Brett Favre thing. I, yeah. Honestly, like if he does come back, I or if he doesn't come back, you'll he'd be prob- he'd pro- I'd be surprised if he doesn't come back. But if he does come back, I see him getting a boxing match first before he comes. I I see him fighting Mayweather again before before he comes back to the UFC because so the UFC is hemorrhaging the UFC in uh, Mr. Krabs money eyes. That's why. Yeah. Well, I mean, as he should, I mean, he's a huge draw, Uh, but the UFC stayed open during the pandemic and didn't fire anybody and kept trying to put on events and they were operating at full cost while making no money. You know, that's one of the big reasons I'm, I was a big fan of UFC and, you know, so, I, that's why there's so many disputes with the, with the money going on because Masvidal and Jones just asked for their release as well. Well, yeah, we touched on it last week, and uh, you know it's just it's interesting right now. The, the UFC's and the way it works is the UFC stars or you know just fighters in general sign a contract that says, "Hey, this is how much I'm going to get paid per fight," and it's like a five fight contract you know it's kind of similar to like years in other sports except it's a number of fights so uh i'm on ufc side here i understand the fighters thing they should be paid more because it is an absolute dangerous dangerous thing to to seek as your profession so if you have to leave to go get more money then i'm all for it but i I understand why the UFC is being as firm as they are right now. The, people are downplaying how much a 25,000 person gate really draws in. That's a lot of money. And then on top of that, you have to think about the kickbacks they're getting from the stadium, like food costs, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a pretty interesting dile- dilemma that the UFC has kind of found itself in. And we'll see how it falls out, shakes out moving forward. But uh, the trilogy was set for August fifteenth. You see that? Yeah the the Miocic Cormier three right the battle the battle of the old heads. Yeah, double retirement, double KO. That's my prediction. <laughs> so visit our official sportsbook 
five dimes or our unofficial official sports book and we'll go ahead and see Shut what up. that what that parlay would pay out <laughs> double, double retirement double ko that's good no but going going back to what you said earlier there was huge news in the boxing world and might be if this fight actually happens might be the first boxing pay-per-view that i that i buy so anthony joseph and tyson fury announced huh oh sorry anthony joshua and tyson fury agreed to a two-fight deal starting in 2021 now this is that's a headline grabber but the thing is they still have a lot to work out venues how much each is going to be paid and the fact that both of them have to fight one more time right fury has already agreed to fight wilder a third time and anthony joshua has to fight pulev right they are those are already scheduled fights however jermaine fury has not lost in 31 bouts he did have one tie the for or one no decision i guess in the first Wilder fight, fight yep. he's had 21 KOs and 31 uh, matches. Joshua has lost once, obviously lost the belt and then got it back, lost the belts and then got him back. But he's had 24 fights and 21 KOs. If this fight happens, that's and, and that means that well, if, if they win their next two fights, Fury beats Wilder, Joshua beats Pulev. Now it could be the first time in boxing history that all four heavyweight belts are on the line. Oh, that's pretty dope. And the I, winner I could know. be the winner could be for the first time in history the wow. unanimous heavyweight champion of the world. So when they say undisputed, that's like that's undisputed right there. That's that's there is no there is no other man who can claim a heavyweight championship. I heard Andy Ruiz calls winner. <laughs> He's the guy who beat Anthony Joshua. <laughs> yeah, but then Joshua beat him again to get his belt. <laughs> yeah. Not out of him. Oh, man. All right. So moving on, we'll just do a few quick hits. Uh, NBA is allowing players to miss, miss with no punishment meaning they don't have to show up to play the season restart if they don't want to. And the first big name to show a little Hezzy, uh, shout out the basketball move Hezzy, uh, is Carmelo Anthony. So um, with someone coming out like that, you know, it's going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, it it kind of takes the pressure off the people who were already swaying that way. Uh, NHL camps July 10th and phase three start was agreed upon. <laughs> Did you see the quote from Manfred? Dude, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, so Rob Manfred is the, is the commissioner of, of Major League Baseball. He said to a reporter when the, he shoved a mic in his face that there will definitely be baseball in 2020. Now, I'm going to give you the actual – I'm going to play you the actual quote, Jermaine. And it was – or paraphrase, paraphrase the actual quote. When the reporter asked Rob Manfred, he said before they got that little soundbite, he said, yeah, 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 no, no, no. Like, I'm I'm like 59% sure there's going to be baseball this year. Like, there's definitely a chance of baseball. Oh, that's not as convincing as the head. No, I, I, he, I read it. He said there's definitely going to be baseball, but – I, like I, I don't, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Like the 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 players submit a proposal, the or sorry, the owner submit a proposal, the union submits another proposal. It like right now, there's no there's no good side. Owners, players, just come to a freaking deal. 
stay up 24 seven until you get a deal. If you really want there to be baseball, let's move on. That's, that's what I say. If you really All want right. there to be baseball, you'll get a deal done. And All it doesn't, doesn't oh, seem like sorry. anyone wants it. Does, I, I'm just saying it doesn't seem like anybody wants there to be baseball. They just want to argue and debate. And then each side can blame the other one when there's no baseball. It's like some of our group, our friends in uh, the group chats. It's like they they don't want to listen to anything. They just want to be the person who's right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um, college football, July 13th, formal workouts and film study. August 7th, training camp start days. They want at least four weeks for teams to be practicing before the first game. So that pretty much lines up with that. And then uh, some huge news is the NFL's uh, announced donation. They said, Jordan Brand, hold my beer. Yeah. $250 million over 10 years donated. And that's the kind of what we touched on last time with Jordan is like that reoccurring uh, donation is, ki- is kind of how you see a more set of budget. Band, yeah. You know, and it's it's been pretty impressive since May 26th. There has been con- – con- consistent consecutive protests in america since may 26th it is now june 11 at the time of recording this that is uh some staggering consistency uh so we we should see some formidable change coming through this uh and 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 when the nfl makes that bid also it forces other organizations to scramble so i wouldn't be surprised if other organizations across the uh professional sports and maybe individual sports teams make their own donations over the same period like this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of, uh, you know, sports figures and and artists and musicians and, and that are coming out and donating, uh, if uh, not, if not the same amount, but they're coming out and donating quite a bit as just a single individual. So, uh, there's some real traction going on for the first time. It just took, this generation to become adults and finally be fed up with the shenanigans, you know, shout out millennials. And then, uh, MLS announced, uh, their, their cup draw. Uh, we'll just spotlight two quick, uh, two of the bigger matchups that were just in the group stage, which I was pretty shocked on El Trafico and group F, which is LAFC versus LA galaxy. Uh, that's pretty dope that they drew group F. Uh, they do not like each other. So that should be fun. And then the Canadian cup in group C. Uh, so Montreal and Toronto are both in group C. So that should be pretty interesting. Canada will have a, have a little joy with that. Yeah, that'll be good. It's, it's good that the MLS is also going to be playing in Orlando with the, with the NBA. Yeah, that's right. Disney, uh, Disney's raking in a little bit of, yeah. a little bit of moolah, huh? Yeah, and Disney. Then, uh, Disney wants to own everything. And then <laughs> I hit you up this week and told you about the comebacks, right? Reggie yeah. Bush getting reinstated, OJ Mayo getting reinstated, and Sammy Sosa finally saying that it's time to come back to Chicago to retire his jersey. And yeah. you know, you know, your boy JC Colomendez is all about him. Some Sammy Sosa coming back and joining the franchise. So let's get it done, baby. Yeah, so this was, I mean, it's kind of been like the week of comebacks, right? Reggie Bush, obviously. So Sammy Sosa was the first news. So this was this was really a Sammy Sosa decision. So uh, as you guys pub- as you guys know, very publicly after Sammy Sosa obviously had the 1998 home run race, was with the Cubs until I want to say 2004. It's probably going to be on Nick Talks or 2006 maybe. It's probably going to be on Nick Talks out of his ass. But 
then they had a very public, the Cubs very publicly, once he got accused of taking steroids, very publicly denounced Sammy Sosa and his actions, even though he won him, you know, how many ball games over that stretch and that you had to have known that he was doing something. But they very publicly denounced him. It led to a very public feud. Sammy Sosa obviously went back to his home in the Dominican Republic, hadn't, didn't, for, for his, both sides kind of quieted down at, at around the mid or basically around the start of the decade, 2010. And there wasn't much talk about it until 2015. When the 2015, when did the Cubs win last? Oh, shoot. 2016, I believe. Okay. Well, when the Cubs won their world series again, they got all touchy feely, right? Yeah. And invited everyone back. And invited everyone back. Everyone that they've, you know, all the other, all the former Cubs legends, including, Sammy Sosa and shout out Steve Bartman. Steve Bartman, dog, who told him Steve Bartman told him, fuck you. So Steve Barton. So Steve, I love Steve Barton's response. Steve Barton, nobody knows like I'm sure people know where he is in Chicago, but he basically sent back a letter. The Cubs sent him a letter that or a social media request that basically said, Hey, like we would love to get you in contact so we could bring you out for the raising of the W the golden W in 2017 after we won. And he very politely said, Hey, I, I believe he said something like I cried. I, I, I jumped with joy. I, I was ex- so excited that you guys won. Congratulations on winning. I'm still the biggest Cubs fan, but no, thank you. I don't want to come back to the stadium. And I, I don't think I'll ever come back to the stadium. Yeah, He said that he wasn't, that he still wasn't ready, you know, yeah. despite despite all that. And I don't blame him. I'm on Bartman's side. That dude was unjustly crucified. It was like a Salem witch trial, the way he was handled. So Did him dirty, dog. Yeah. 3-1 three, three, series lead against the Marlins and up 7-2. He didn't lose you the series. He did. Um, and, <laughs> then so, and then so Sammy Sosa, again, 2016, the Cubs offered him to come back again. Sammy declined. And I guess now he's finally, I guess someone has, something has changed that now Sammy Sosa is coming back and, and going to let the Cubs retire his jersey. So I, lo- I love to see it. Sammy Sosa is one of my top five players of all time. Still, if I ever are. 98 documentaries coming out to the, tonight, I believe. Long way, is it coming out tonight? I think it's coming out tonight. God, look it up. Oh, going, yeah, dude. If, I, if it's coming out tonight, I'm staying up late and I'm just going to, I'm going to have just D in hand the whole time. Because <laughs> I like, I, I love it. I love Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa is is the reason that my favorite number is twenty one. I'm obviously a Rockies fan, but I grew up watching Sammy Sosa. Uh, I had family in Illinois. I grew up watching Sammy Sosa. I still do like the 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 when he does the two and kisses his chest and then lifts up the one. That's I love Sammy. that. Whenever that's Sammy, that's whenever that's Sammy. That's Sammy Whenever I create my player on MLB The Show, I always choose the Sammy Sosa skip down the first base line when he hits the home run. If I if I ever if I hit a home run in the Virginia in this baseball league, I'm gonna do the Sammy I'm gonna do the Sammy Sosa little trot down the first base line. I do it in softball when I hit home runs. Like it, he he's had such a huge impact on my life, and I wasn't even a Cubs fan, right? I was just a fan of baseball, and I'm sure that like a bunch of other guys. A bunch of other kids who grew up. What we were, I was seven. You were seven, right? Yeah. Well, I turned to eight that season in the '98. Yeah. In the, yeah. yeah. And I, that was that has a huge impact. That was when we were really just like that was newly found brains, and that's really why. And he was Hispanic, dog. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? That was a big deal to me. I was like, Sammy Sosa, my team, 66 home runs, and he's Hispanic, and everyone loves him. I'm like, let's go. And just, 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 I mean, like, you got to love competition, but I I think I talked about this when we first talked about the dot coming out. When Mark McGuire hit the home run to break Roger Maris's home run record, 70, Sammy Sosa ran in from the outfield to hug Mark McGuire at home plate. Yeah. And it was Cubs Cardinals. You know, like, that's why that season was. We say it all the time. It's the best season of baseball ever. It's the best season of baseball ever. Yeah. You, you, you can come fight me if you disagree. Yeah. 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 That was. Uh, speaking of uh, Latin men making news, how about uh, Xavier Gutierrez becoming the first uh, uh, Latin president, team team president, and CEO? Oh, yeah. The, the, the Arizona the, Coyotes. Arizona. Is it Arizona? It's not Phoenix Coyotes anymore, is it? No, I, I it's, the, it's the Arizona Coyotes. That's Ari- right. Yeah, they had like I think that was when they were like piss poor on money. You remember that? <laughs> and like the league, the league like had to come in and buy them, kind of like the New Orleans Pelicans in the NBA. And so they had to come in and essentially bail them out. They didn't want to leave that 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 city, you know, that market, and uh, which is like a what is it like the, one of the tenth largest ten largest cities in the United States is Phoenix, something so, like that. Yeah. So shout out to him. Make but yeah, history. first first Hopefully Latino let us down. First Latino NHL executive. That'll be good. He's 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 president and uh, CEO. So that's that's pretty awesome. Let's let's get to this. Let's get to this week. This week's uh, this week's Feynman Cutem. So uh, we were going to bring up before we go into Feynman Cutem. We were going to bring up the fact that Sony had their rev- their rev- reveal event this afternoon. It started at four Eastern, right? We're recording this at eight eight Eastern, but we're gonna wait until next week when Xbox has a chance to do their their counter, right? Well, I, Xbox has already revealed some stuff. We're just gonna well, we're, we're gonna go more in depth dive on both, compare yeah. the two, talk about it, make fun of the Sony console because it looks silly. It looks so dumb. <laughs> I've told my older brother because he was just like it looks like a vagina. My older brother's like it looks six sexy, and I was just like, I looked at it, and I was just like, that's an ugly console. And then I told him I was like, it looks like one of those bowls that you put on a table in the hallway <laughs> that you come home to as an adult and empty all your pockets into, like when you're just exhausted from your day, like change dollars, your phone, your keys. Like it looks like a vase my 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 wife has in the in the main hallway that I look at. I'm like, what this doesn't hold flowers. It doesn't hold water. It's not shallow enough for me to put all my keys in. It what barely holds it for. And it's like it's modern art. It like, barely no, holds it's stupid. It like the PlayStation barely holds in a uh, competitive online market. <laughs> yeah. Shout out terrible PS PlayStation gamers. I just like making fun of them because they get so silly about it. Anyways, on to Feynman Cutem. Carried on. Yeah, so for Feynman Cutem this week. So Jermaine, you remember earlier in the week, uh, it came out that Delvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings has decided to hold out. So I have a very special Feynman Cutem for you this week. We're calling it running back roulette. But... I'm not only going to find and cut NFL running backs for holding out. I'm also going to go twofold, two sides of a sword. 
and I'm going to fine and cut NFL organizations for not paying these running backs market value. What do you think about that? I'm on board. I mean, so first of all, running back roulette was was I don't think it was mine. I think a buddy of mine told me. I I, I forget which buddy because I have so many conversations during the week. But you know who you are. Shout out my buddy. But it's like it hasn't worked. The holdouts have not worked. No. You know what I mean? Like, and what's and what's the definition of insanity? It's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. You're wasting. I mean, we saw we saw what Ezekiel Elliott right spend how many months in Cabo just to come back and be a shell of the 2018 back that he was and basically have people talking about is Tony Pollard now going to split carries with Ezekiel Elliott who was a th- absurd who was a 30 who was a 30 carry a game back right absurd. you you look at guys like a Le'Veon Bell a Le- uh, there you go a Le'Veon Bell um Melvin Gordon yeah guys like that yeah <laughs> I got yeah. you, dog. You, you, yeah. you, when you're looking up at the ceiling, uh, I was a, like, I got a Todd, you. Like a, a Todd Gurley, right? These guys holding out, it's not working. Todd you, Gurley got paid, though. You are basically – a running back has three to four good years if we want to use it. When you hold out, you're running the risk of wasting one of your three to four good years and then justifying the, the, the front office not paying you. Because they're like, see, he held out. He got weaker. He's getting slower. We're, we're not paying him. Because the more time you sit out, well, guess what? Your offensive line is getting older, too. Maybe because you're holding out, the organization is signing better wide receivers, better tight ends. They're they're adding more pass-heavy plays into the playbook. Right? They, they're, they're not game planning. They're, they don't – NFL offenses today – don't need the like don't need them like they did in the 80s and 90s. You don't need a running back. It's sad though cuz they they are receivers. They're linemen slash tight end because they pick up blitzes and they block all the time and they run the football. They are actually pretty invaluable to the to the game itself. I just propose that instead of paying them 16 million a year, right? Just guarantee them the whole nine. Yeah. For for three years, just give them the guaranteed money, so they know they're for sure getting it. And if they do get hurt, it's not as detrimental as get guaranteeing them the sixteen in one year. Yeah, because I mean, I don't that, really have an answer. Though. That's that's the fundamental problem of being a running back, right? Is yeah. that if you have three good years, shout out Terrell Davis. There's a chance you could get if you have three good years, you make a lot of money, right? You, you have and the potential the, to make a lot of, of money, right? Well, not, well, I'm saying if you have three good years, you have the potential yeah. to make a lot of money. If you have three great years, you're in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Terrell, Terrell, Terrell Davis. Davis. <laughs> I don't think – listen, I grew up in Denver when Terrell Davis was running. He set a jolt of electricity through that city, and I loved him. And he had three of the greatest years I think a running back has ever put together. Does he belong in the Hall of Fame? Uh, I don't think so. Do we? Do we? That that brings up a debate for another time, which is: is the Hall of Fame longevity, or is it is impact, or is it impact? Right? He won two Super Bowls in Denver. He played in a Super Bowl where he couldn't see and ran for a touchdown, and it was like a fifteen-yard touchdown. Like, (laughs) dude can't see, and he's running for touchdowns. Like. On on heart and impact alone, yes, he belongs in there. Are we talking about longevity and everything like that? No, he doesn't. But 
NFL organizations guarantee, pay them less money and guarantee their contracts. And then in three years or four years, if you don't like them, then you can move on. And if you still like them, then they can have a reduced role in your offense so you can keep them for a little bit longer. I, you'd also, we just need more people to just ball out like Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson, dog. Dude. Yeah, that, right, well, that's that. That's also the flip side of running backs is is until you get those guys out of the league, like you guys don't have a leg to stand on. Yeah. Like, why should I pay you this money, this much money when Frank Gore is playing? Frank Gore is playing and has been healthy pretty much his entire career after coming back from an ACL injury. And yeah. Adrian Peterson coming back from two ACL surgeries, he's still playing. Why do I need to pay you, young Thundercat? When these guys are doing it at forty, so I obviously can can or or draft people like Dalvin Cook, running backs, NFL. You've been fine. You've been cut. Fine and cut. All right, that's all we got. Oh, actually, no, we almost did it again. <laughs> we did almost do it again. Yeah. So that would that would have increased our blow rate to what sixty six percent. That's Colian levels. <laughs> That is that is a, that is that is Colian. We're we're going. Listen, listen. There's elite. There's elite levels, and there's legendary levels. We almost the legendary level here on room three hundred three is going to be called the Col the Colian Spectre. <laughs> we got to create a spectrum. Doc. The col the spectrum. The elite level has got to be what we got. We call it the uh, Ferg in the Bush level. <laughs> For, oh God. <laughs> Those Chaches. Dude. Those gosh, Coming soon to a podcast station near you what in 2022 or 2024 or 2025. Ferg in the bush. We've by the it. way, by the way, what we what we need to do is we need to create a Ferg in the Bush podcast, but under the 303 umbrella. Dude, I'm down. So that we get <laughs> so that we get merchandising rights. Yeah, dude. And they are they fall under our umbrella. But anyway, I, I digress. So the trivia question this week, Jermaine, I said, what percentage of players who get drafted and sign into the MLB make it to the majors? And then I asked you the bonus question, how many have a career wins above replacement or war over point one? I say the- I say thirty three drafted and one and nine for war. Go ahead. So, so, so it's a little bit different, right? If you break it down by rounds, 76% of first round players make it to oh, the, wow. get drafted and signed, make it to the majors, right? But those are, those are the sure things, right? If you take total NFL draft, remember this is from 1981 when the draft started till 2010, because we can't basically 2011 to 2019, we can't predict that yet, right? Those guys haven't had enough time to make it through all the levels of baseball. Cause there is a lot. 18% of players drafted between 1981 and 2010, uh, which there's about 900 who are drafted and signed each year, make it to the majors. 18%. Of Damn. those 18%, only 10% of those 18% have a career war over 0.1. Oh, that's not good. So it's not 10% of all players drafted. It's 10% of the 18%. 10, 10% of 18%. Yeah. Como mierda. Yeah. Dog. Damn. 
All right. So, you, so uh, that's it for us today. Oh, as always, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening and interacting and letting us know that we suck and that we're awesome. Well, you know, not that anyone's told us we're awesome yet, but <laughs> yeah, we so. can now at uh, Jermaine. So, so this is, so this is news that we didn't break. We now shout out to one of my Navy buddies. We are now listening in España. That's Ooh. that's Spain for all you non-Spanish speakers like Jermaine and myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, um, we now can call ourselves since he's listening in Spain. We can now call ourselves an international podcast. So you guys are listening. Thank you for listening to Room 303, your favorite international source for sports news and reporting. Bravissimo. We did it. We did it. But- All right. So follow us at uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Room 303. As always, this is Nick. I'm Jermaine. And uh, we'll go ahead and tease when we're bringing on Ferg in the Bush for a four-person pod. You heard it here today. That is going to happen. I think we'll probably do it after my league does their fantasy draft and after we put up the video of the fantasy draft, which is absolute shenanigans. Um, And then a four-person pod of just chaos. When is your fantasy draft, by the way? There's going to be some opinions and things said. Oh, the fantasy draft, uh, they're kind of getting it concrete right now, but it's going to be August 28th to the 30th-ish, right around there. Can you make that? Dog. Can we do the first in-person podcast? First in-person and four-person podcast. Dog. We'll just set records. Dog. So So I go on deployment. And that might fall right in my palm period. Oh, okay. So, so you're making it for sure. You got it. Oh yeah. If I'm, if I'm and yeah, tomorrow yeah. put in your leave dates. Let's go. Well, yeah, I can't really cause we're wrong, but I'll just, you know, whatever. But yeah. So like, like I said, like I said, or like Jermaine said, thanks for following us. We appreciate it. Follow us on Instagram, hit us up, let us know what we're doing. Right. Let us know what we're doing wrong. But as always, we love you guys. Stay safe. Stay happy, stay healthy, don't drink too much tonight, or do whatever you want. I don't control you. I'm not your mom. Jermaine, any final thoughts? Uh, that That's it. Uh, I guess the last thing Nick's going to tell you is that he's not your mom. Follow us at Podcast Room 303. Lates. Peace. <laughs>